You are listening to Born to Create, a podcast that celebrates the richness of free thinking through creativity, entrepreneurship, and the advancement of the Madison community. It's hosted by yours truly, Richard Jones Jr. and Carla Williams, and it's sponsored by Ali Arranged Media. Check it out. Okay, well, you're listening to the Born to Create podcast. I'm your host, Carla Williams. And I am Richard Jones Jr. It is truly an honor and a privilege to have our guest in here today, um, my brother, uh, Kwame Latimer of Clyde's Pizzas, Clyde's Pies. How Clyde's are you doing pies. today? Um, good evening. I'm doing amazing. How are you? Yeah, how's everybody <laughs> doing out there? I can't complain. Can't complain. Yo, um, so... This is going to be a great episode. I already feel it. I already feel it. Same. Um, And we're really interested in kind of uh, knowing your story, right? Um, Everybody in Madison is talking about Clyde's Pies, right? How did you get started? Uh, In March of last year, uh, 2020, I was let go from my job that I'd only had for uh, a week and a half. So I hadn't been working there long, but they had to let me go because... Well, they were letting everybody go. <laughs> COVID. Oh, um, going home, I just had a lot of time on my hands. And, um, well, YouTube. I uh, got on there, started watching videos, um, how-to videos, how to fix the house, uh, how to fix the car. Uh, eventually, uh, while falling asleep, a video started playing that woke me up, uh, how to bake bread. And uh, me and Maya... Attempted to bake bread for a week. Um, the pictures we took down from Instagram because they were they were so bad. The bread was so ugly. <laughs> it tasted pretty well though, um, as you added a lot of butter. Uh, after that, um, I watched a how to make pizza video because I was spending about sixty dollars a week on pizza because of COVID, just in the house not doing anything. Um, had some friends over, made the first pizza. They liked it. I liked it. Started making more and more pizzas. Uh, was selling maybe one a week until I had a good friend, uh, Andrew Walls. He came and picked up three. He put it on his Instagram. And the next day, it just took off. And I haven't looked back since. It's just been uh, pizza after pizza after pizza. I feel that. Um, so when did you... Um, start taking Clyde's Pie serious as a business? I'd probably say a week or two after the event with Drew, uh, because before then, I was kind of losing traction. I wasn't really having many sales, so I didn't really think it was going to go anywhere. But um, after that last week in March, it just, I just got a spark that was just like, I just have to do this, you know? I just, uh, I just want to see how many pizzas I can sell in a day, how many pizzas I can sell in a week. And then we had an event um, on April 20th that uh, we made like uh, $2,000 before 4 p.m. And it was then I was like, yeah, pizzas are it. Like, yeah, pizzas are it. Like, <laughs> come on. So I want to ask, like, before you came here, we had this conversation with um, our previous guest, Patience Clark. And she was saying, like, one of the things that 
she felt was like there was this this moment of inspiration whenever she would talk to you. There was like this moment of peaceness, like whenever she felt insecure about doing this, whenever she felt unsure. And so for you to take on this business aspect and in the beginning not really have customers and not do that, how what do you feel like kept you motivated or wanting to keep doing it or trying it or inspired? Um, I think the fact that I wasn't making sales kind of kept me going. Um, I like to see things through to the end, however they're going to be. And it got to the point where it was like, um, I just want to try it. I just, I, just, I just have to try it because I put my name on it. A couple of people know about it, but I don't want to be somebody who just tried it and let it go. So I, I guess the inspiration to just be someone who finishes just keeps me going. So in like an ideal situation, where would you want to see Clyde's Pies go? Honestly, I would like Clyde's Pies to be a pop-up all over America. Um, I'm trying to find a way where I can rent out a warehouse, where I can set up a kitchen, and I can just do that everywhere and just start showing up places, have Instagram, Facebook, just market it, Clyde's Pies. So why did you decide a pop-up over a franchise? Mm-hmm. Um, I'm seeing a lot of other businesses in this era um, take off. And and what I, in my mind, like pop ups, they're not they're not trying to own space. They're just trying to be everywhere because, like, to me, word of mouth still is very strong. And if you can just always be at the tip of somebody's tongue, like, I don't know, I'm chasing that. I also was wondering, like, to transition from like working from someone for someone else to entrepreneurship. What was that transition like for you? And what was, like, the hardest or not hardest part? Um, it was very hard for me to work for other people, honestly. Um, I saw both of my parents as entrepreneurs, my mom and my dad. So I always thought I was going to work for myself. This was always natural. It always felt weird to get up and go work for somebody else and spend um, the mass amount of my hours giving somebody else what they want and then taking the minuscule and giving it to myself. So... This always felt natural to just try for me and give everything I have. Um, yeah. So you've done a lot of different uh, entrepreneurial ventures, right? I remember at some point you bought um, a massage bed, right? Because you were giving massages, right? Um, so what is your um, favorite uh Entrepreneurial venture, um, I take that back. What is the best, um, some of the greatest lessons you've learned on your journey of being creative? Because this isn't your first business. No, definitely not. Um, I would say the biggest lesson I've learned is that you can't get emotional about mm. the things that happen. And you have to figure out your target market. Um, I did market level marketing or multi-level marketing for a little bit. And they teach you to go after your warm market, which is the people you know. But um, what I'm noticing is the people you know and that know you are not always going to be the people who buy your products. That's true. So you knowing your target market, not getting emotional, and just never giving up are probably what I've learned. Some people are into entrepreneurship for money, right? They see business as an opportunity to um, make as much capital as possible, right? I don't have to stick to, a, to, to what I'm making hourly or even annually, right? There's no ceiling, right? Some people are into business um, 
for the love of it, right? I love what I do. I have a passion for it, right? I really want to give this to the community, right? And while those things are true about how you do business, right? Like, of course, you want to have money, right? And of course, you're doing things out of love. It seems like there's like, you aren't like bound to those two things like other people are, right? Like, what is it that brings you to the entrepreneurship? Um, time um, is what brings me to it. Because when working for somebody else, um, you were on their schedule that they created for you. And they, they told you how valuable that time you were giving up was. Um, because if money didn't exist, I wouldn't go and work for somebody else. Right. Um, I would do the things that I want to do and try to help encourage other people to do the things that they want to do. So what brought me to that was just the reality that um, working for somebody else goes against like my core values. Yeah, I like that, yo. I think so. First off, right. Um, it reminded me of, of, of a meme I seen it was like. You know what's your dream job and it's like yo you're you're crazy to think that i dream of labor you know what i'm saying so i i definitely see yeah. that in you um and this is something that's kind of been brushed on in in the podcast so far or in the, the different episodes that we've had right but that that freedom of your time right i think that um people miss out on that and you don't even know what it feels like until you have it you yeah. know so how did you go from like these different places? Was it like you having moments in your life? Because I know when you got to, the, to doing this pizza thing. It was like you stumbled into it. So what was it like for these other businesses? Um, I guess I could say I stumbled into them too. Uh, you know, we only got one life to live. And a lot of people take that as I'm going to go out and party as much as I can. Uh, to me, I'm just going to try everything I can until I find a thing that just fits like that best outfit you know <laughs> so I, I'm I like that I'm stumbling into things until I just fall into the best thing ever what other areas of your life do you feel like you apply this to is it just business um no I would I would say I apply that to every aspect I try to go into everything with an open heart and an open mind because um unless you try it you never know um and a lot of people I've, I've seen just box themselves in with what they've been told or what they think. And until you actually do the action or, you know, you try, you never actually know. So how, what are ways that you feel like you stayed happy? I think something that a common thing that's no, that, come up that on the... I was just about to ask that for sure. A common thing that's come up on the podcast has been like mental health. For you, what are ways that you stay healthier? What are ways that you stay positive? Um, well, now I like to travel... Uh, but before I had to means the travel, I I actually like um, alone time and facing my issues and writing things out um, and going through simulations in my head. I really enjoy doing that. That's how I find happiness because there's always got to be another way than what is given, right? And unless every eye has seen it, there's got to be another way. So I like to just play things out and see how they're going to work and I mean, I'm not going to lie, that brings me a, little, a lot of happiness. Okay, so um, you mentioned taking trips, right? And um, we see on the social media, right, just from hearing, you you, you were taking a lot of trips, right? Um, what is What was your favorite trip, or what has been your favorite trip so far, and why? 
I love the face you just made. Like, <laughs> right? That was so nice. <laughs> Should I tell him? Right. Well, <laughs> that is that's such a long question to answer. Because uh, we went to Bali, we went to Egypt, we went to Mexico, we went to Greece. Um, each place had something different to offer. Um, going to Bali was the best place to just sit up and look at the stars and look at all the scenery. Uh, going to Greece, the food was amazing. The people were just like totally different than the people I would meet in America. Uh, going to Egypt was just an experience that took my breath away every time I would go outside <clears throat> and see the people and, and, you know, when we went to the pyramid. So I think every time I went to the airport, it was the best vacation I ever went on. Wow. Oh, wow. I That's want that. Said, How right? did I get that? <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. So then do you have any, um, where are you going next, right? As, as far as trips, right? Where do you want to go next? What's the next place you want to see? Uh, well... I would like to go to the Maldives, uh, but honestly, with everything going on in the world, I'm trying my best to just stay in the house and only make trips to the grocery store to see customers, if I can be honest, because um, there's a lot of unanswered questions, and the best thing we can do is stay to ourselves and, you know. Uh, you said something earlier when we were talking that was... It blew my mind, right? It, it blew my mind, right? You said um, Clyde's Pies might be here next year. It might not be. Can you elaborate on that a little more for, for our audience? Um, yes. Uh, Clyde's Pies could be in Hawaii. Clyde's Pies could be in Baltimore. Clyde's Pies could be in Florida. Clyde's Pies could no longer be a thing. I could be traveling the world again. I could be giving massages. I could be doing the other thing that my heart says, hey, Kwame, it's time to do this. Um, that was That's the beauty of, to me, working for myself. I'm not on anybody else's schedule. Yes, it's going to be judged. Yes, there's going to be a lot of people who are like, don't follow that guy. He doesn't know what he's doing. But it's like, <clears throat> I'm enjoying life. I'm not trying to fit the mold that was created, and I didn't have a say in it. So... Uh, Clyde's Pies could get to a point where I give it away to somebody else. I teach somebody my recipes, and it ain't, they ain't me. It, I couldn't tell you what's going to happen for Clyde's Pies in a year. Um, yeah. Yo, that's just such a, a interesting train of thought and, and, and intentionality, right? Because my mindset is if I'm going to build a business, I want it to last 100 years. I want it to be sturdy enough and stable enough to be there when I'm gone. So that just, that blows my mind, right? Um, that type of, I don't even have the word for it. I feel like it's like intentional on happiness. Like he's prioritizing yes. his happiness. Like if he's no longer serving him in a way that it's feeds like I'm him. good, right? Yeah. <laughs> that's, yeah. that's amazing. So what are like the top five things that you've had or that you've done during this time from like March, last March, 2020 to now to help you feel grounded or sustained or? Um, I actually started keeping the Sabbath every Friday night to Saturday night. So that would be the first thing, um, getting closer to our creator. Uh, that is taking me to a place I never even thought of. Um, that would be one and probably two because reading the Bible is, again, doing something that I never thought I was going to do. Um, 
spending time with this woman next to me, Maya. Uh, that is keeping me grounded. Um, growing up, I was always a person who was by himself. So to have somebody here with me is the best thing in the world. Clyde's Pies. Um, and I went through an injury, uh, a gunshot injury that helped me see everything from a different perspective. Because with everything going on, you, you kind of stop noticing the rest of life. Because it's, it's, it's so easy, easy to just look out and see um, COVID, quarantine, pandemic, but there's so many other things going on. Like the people who were poor before this were still poor. Um, the people who were in need are still in need. And getting this injury brought me back down to earth to remind me that like, although we are in a situation that is overwhelming, there are still situations going on that need our help and we still have to show up and we, it's going to hurt, but somebody's got to do it. Shout out to Maya. I just want to say that. Thank you, Maya, for being here. (laughs) (laughs) For sure. Well, speaking of Maya, um, do you have any uh, relationship advice for the listeners? Um, Yes, I would say men listen more and break down more. Um, Often as men, we take the leadership role and we go so far ahead and then make the assumption that our partner is just going to follow behind. But that's a difficult task to be a proper follower. And the best thing you can do as a leader is to... um, Again, listen and break down your thought process. Why did you do this over this? Um, why did you not speak or why did you speak more? Why did this look versus this look? Um, so, yeah, listening and breaking down more would be the two things I would give if you want a strong relationship because um, we're not mind readers and uh, assumptions will kill. Uh, they'll, they'll, they'll build a tree that you didn't even see being built. And once it, once it falls over, it, it does make a noise. It definitely makes a noise. Hmm. That's good. I feel like I want to ask you what your definition of creativity is early on, because it seems like so much of the time when you talk or when you speak, it's just with this like openness or this certain level of like vulnerability that you usually don't hear from men. So I guess for me, what is your ide- definition of creativity? Um... Again, I, I would have to say I, I, I haven't thought about it um, off top. Life, um, being vulnerable is where you can really get creative. Um, I was having a conversation <clears throat> the other day with a friend who has a stutter, and he, uh, he says he only puts out videos when he speaks correctly. And I was telling him, oh, man, man, you got you to cut that out because um, – the people come to your page to look at you because you look good. But when you show them that you're human, like the rest of us, that's when you'll just really start to see true art come to life. Um, we're all different in our ways. And we grow up being teased about them because kids are just mean. But we don't actually, unless we change them, um, we don't actually go, grow out of most of the things that we got teased about. So you got to just own them. And you got to just be on front street with it because there's other people out there that feel the same way you do, that got the same problems you have, but they're afraid just like you are to be vulnerable and have somebody judge them. But it's like, 
you got to let them judge you and then see what happens. So how do you take off that armor and get to a place of letting people judge you? Because I think more people than not, they really, especially in the era of social media, they want to be seen as like perfect or presentable or whatever. So how do you get to a place for, for you? How did you get to a place of allowing yourself to be judged? Um, well, I started looking at the story and who was writing it because, like you said, social media is playing a role here. And why are people putting on something to show people um, their true selves as it is? Because you'll see the caption, and it's like, okay, why was all of this put on top of what is? So I, I think for me and for other people, it's getting another perspective on what's going on. Um, I was talking with a friend today, and he told me I sound like his grandma. Uh, so I would say maybe talk to the older generation about the things you're doing, and maybe they'll give you a, uh, a different perspective. For example, um, my name is Kwame. Growing up, kids would want to tease me for that. But as I grew up, I noticed that there aren't many Kwamis, right? So that, that alone just made me unique. How many other people have that story? It, um, for example, I wrote you about a week and a half ago, maybe two weeks ago, like you have one of the most beautiful voices I've ever heard that's unique about you, right? Um, I told Richard right away I was so proud. <laughs> <laughs> it's like we all have these things that unless we, just let, unless we just let them shine, people will never know. And it's always the things that we're insecure about, which is strange, but... So we had this conversation with this woman who's like, I guess a veteran or seasoned in the community. And she was talking about like how you forget about the past generations or how the older, like the younger people aren't really wanting to connect and hear those stories. So as someone who's promoting that and advocating for that, what are ways you feel like you could bridge that gap or someone could bridge that gap in the community? Um, well, it is a kind of a conundrum because the older generation because they've gone through it wants the younger generation to just shut up and show respect and the younger generation is now fed up and does not want to just show shut up and show respect but um i have to say in all honesty that is kind of what we have to do we have to give them the respect and listen even when we don't want to uh we have to go through those uncomfortable situations even when we don't want to, um, because um, that generation is stubborn. And if we want to continue with them, we're going to have to play that role. And I know a lot of people are like, no, 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 we're here to trailblaze and we're here to do that. And I don't, I don't mean to come at any of those people because you got to do what makes you feel comfortable. But if we are here to bridge a gap, I think we have to give the people who went through it the respect and that's how the gap is bridged. So I think that um, part of the reason why that gap is there is not because people don't want to communicate, right? But there, there's a lack of knowing how to communicate with, um, you know, others or people who are different than them, right? So what, are, what is some advice that you would give to some of our younger listeners um, so that they can have those conversations uh, with the older generation who might be stubborn, who might not present it in a way that they would want to receive it. You know what I'm saying? Um, write it in a letter. Mm. Uh, the older generation, um, as I know, is very private. They aren't, um, they aren't stubborn in the fact that they won't talk about most of these things. It's 
we're going to do it my way or we're not going to do it at all. And uh, they're not very comfortable having conversations like this where they're going to get vulnerable and not know what to say. They've always had that, um, that hue of knowing, of being in the know. So write it down. Allow them the space to read it, put it down, come back, read it, put it down, and respond to you. If we really want to bridge that gap, let's meet them where they're at. I know we text a lot and we call a lot and we FaceTime, but that generation did not have those tools. So let's not tell them to meet us where we're at. Let's meet them where they're at, and then we can help them get to where we're at. Because it, it isn't really hard to write an email or to <laughs> send a text, but it is, it is, you know, something we should do. I love that. I do feel like it's 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 on us, right, the younger generation, to reach out to the older generation and take that wisdom while it's there. So thank you for that. Also, I guess I wanted to ask like one last question about like what's next for you? Like what do you like right now you have all these things that you're doing, like you're traveling, you're connecting with yourself in ways like emotionally, mentally. So what do you want next? Um, I want to help other people do the same thing. Um, I think mm -hmm. Somewhere along the line, uh, people got comfortable, or I guess not comfortable. The situations just made it so that people have to work the nine to five, and they just have to do the things that they don't want to in that um, respect. So I just want to help other people um, show their talents and have the same freedom I'm having. Well, how, what does that look like? I mean, like when you say it and you envision it, what is it? What does it look like? Um. Me sitting down and having intimate conversations with people who would probably rather um, be stubborn and let their pride tell them that they don't need help. Um, I see a lot of people um, who get to a situation in life, late 20s, where they don't think they can do anything. Uh, they, they don't believe they can go back to school. It's going to take too much time. They don't believe that they can run with the with one of the million dollar ideas that they have in their head. So they just decide to go and get a comfortable job. I want to meet people around there and have a conversation, show them a different perspective. Um, let me be an example. I'm not, um, you don't look at me and think, oh, this guy did all that I did. You don't look at me and think this guy is as, as happy as he is because I don't, I don't fit the stereotype that was created uh, for happiness. Uh, especially for a black man. So I want to I wanna show people the other perspective of things um, because on this side, it's, it's, it's so much fun. Yo. So how did you transition to getting to a place of like wanting to do that from being someone who you said like in your childhood or in your youth where you were like a loner or you didn't really like interacting with people? So how do you go from that to this? Um, I was in a car accident the day before I was to move to um, California um, in 2014, and I still have the injury from it, but that experience led me to a clinic called the Gowski, excuse me, um, the Gowski Clinic in Santa Monica. Um, they sent me to a Tony Robbins seminar. Um, at that Tony Robbins seminar, I started really noticing the strength of the collective, Versus the strength of the individual. Because I was in a room with uh, 30, 40,000 people all going through this one experience. 
And it was like, whoa. Um, we are strong when we are together. We are so strong when we are together and we can trust each other and we can be vulnerable with each other and we can ask for help. We are so strong. Um, we are weaker when we believe that we have to do it alone and that um, we can only get help in dire need. <laughs> we're weak. We're, u- we're useless in that situation. So I, I was woken up to a truth, I guess you could say, that we need to come together. And once we're together, there's no stopping us. I love that. I love that. Yo, so I gotta, I have to give you a public shout out, right? While we on this podcast, right? Um, because, you know, Oddly Arranged Media wouldn't be what it is without you. You know what I'm, I'm saying? You, uh, so for all of you all who are listening, you know, I, I have to tell this story. You know <laughs> what I'm saying? Um, I was in a predicament where um, I was struggling uh, with my own job and trying to find purpose and time and passion. And I, I knew what I wanted to do. Um, but I was afraid to do it, right? And I would sit up with Kwame for for hours on end, right? And <laughs> Kwame was the person that really kind of kicked me in my butt and was like, yo, you got everything you need. Just do it. Like, do it scared. Figure it out. You know what I'm saying? Like, do your research. Learn these things. But, like, go get it. Why not, right? Um, you were one of the first people to believe in us before we were a thing. You know what I'm saying? It's the you, right? It's the it's the T. Bankses, right? It's the Alex Shabazzes, right? Um Y'all have helped shape uh, what this has become. And so I wanted to publicly say thank you, right? Um, Your encouragement, your support um, truly made a difference, right? Three years ago, and now here we are stronger than ever, right? We're growing better and better by the day. So I have to first give you that, right? Thank you. Um, Secondly, I wanted to um, ask you, right, um, if you had any other people you wanted to shout out, right? Um, uh, people that you're working with, clients, um, other businesses that you have supported or believe in, et cetera, et cetera, friends, family. Um, who who might you want to shout out? Um, without getting too specific, I would just like to give a shout out to um, anybody who is down at the moment. Um, because, and when I say down, I mean those depressive moments where you just don't really think you can do anything. I want to give a shout out to those people who are still holding on because I have been in that moment and the world is in a spot where it looks like it's getting worse. But I just want to give a shout out to the people who are still holding on because we do need you and we do love you and we want you. And so I'm just so thankful that you're still holding on. I'm so very thankful for it. Um, Yeah. That was beautiful. Right. <laughs> well, I'm your host, Carla Williams. You're listening to Born to Create Podcast with Richard Jones Jr. We have had Kwame Latimer uh, on the show today, and he was born to create. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Born to Create. We're your hosts, Carla Williams and Richard Jones Jr. If you know of someone in the Madison community that should be featured on the show, send us an email at oddlyarranged at gmail.com. Make sure to subscribe to Oddly Arranged Media on all social media platforms to stay up to date on all things Born to Create. Thank you for listening and see you next time.